0: Hello, and welcome to We've Never Met, the only show on the internet where two people who have never met before meet for the first time. That's not true. That is the basic setup of pretty much every interview podcast you've ever listened to. So there's nothing special about this show in that way. However, this is the only show in which I, Charlotte T. Martin, get to know my Instagram followers people that I follow on Instagram, and generally interesting people on the internet. The only rule of the show is that I can never have met these people before in real life. So what you hear is our very first conversation. Now, I know that in the world of coronavirus, we don't meet a lot of new people, and that's because we usually meet people out in the real world. Well, I say that's the way of the old world. Now, we all live online. We shouldn't be afraid to meet some people online. I mean, even as I'm saying this, I know it's terrible advice, but what I mean to say is that the internet is a powerful tool. Social media is a way that we can not feel so alone. And so I don't know about you, but I've been feeling kind of isolated since, I don't know, March, and I wanted to make some new friends. And I have a lot of those people at my fingertips, my literal fingertips, on Instagram where I spend 98 to 99% of my downtime. So I started this podcast to get to know some of these people and I want you to meet them too because I think they're very interesting and I think they have a lot of great things to say and mm, perhaps nobody better articulates some of these interesting things than Mr. Ian M. White who is on this inaugural episode What you just heard was me kicking the chest of drawers on which my computer is perched. I mean, I know that the sound quality on this show is world-class, and that's because I am recording it in my closet, in my apartment, in Madison, Wisconsin. The actual geographical location has nothing to do with the quality of the sound, but I just wanted to paint a really clear picture for you of where I am in time and space. Um, Anyway, on this episode of the show, I am talking to Ian M. White, who I met on Instagram because he came into my direct messages, the DMs as they're called and known, um, asking me to write for a project that he goes on to discuss in this episode. Um, I knew next to nothing about him except that he was in need of some scripts for for this project. And so it was a real leap of faith on both of our ends, but especially Ian's, uh, to say yes, to be on the show, to talk to a stranger about God knows what, because we didn't know what we had in common except for a couple of things. So it's kind of amazing that we had over an hour conversation. And I I mean, I don't know about you, Ian, wherever you are listening to this, but I, I could have gone on for another hour. I would like to go on for another hour someday. We don't even have to record it. We could just hang out on the internet. You know, Google Meetup or whatever it's called. Um, because you are in one place and I am in another. And we are in a global pandemic and a national quarantine. Just a quick reminder that we are the only country still under quarantine. So please wear your mask. And if that offends you, you can unsubscribe from this show immediately. Because I'm not here to play both sides of the... Um, science and reason coin i am just here to tell you that we're the only country that is still under this regime so make sure you vote if you're voting by (laughs) mail-in ballot your voting day is october 20th at the very latest not november 3rd wear your mask and most importantly enjoy this conversation between ian m white and myself Hello. Oh. I can hear you and see you. Look at that there crown. That Hello. is fabulous. <laughs> Hi. Hi. What nice a to treat. Meet this is you. nice to meet you. Yeah, I guess we should start with that. It's crazy that we've never met.
1: That is crazy. Um,
0: welcome I, to I, my I've closet. I've been
1: like, vaguely aware of you for a while, but like I, I don't think we've actually actually ever spoken in person in any regard that's good
0: I strive to be vaguely on the periphery of people's consciousness I mean that's where I like to hang out at parties I don't want to be the center of attention I want to be vaguely on the periphery that's how I roll
1: that's me too which speaking of which like I tend to when meeting new people I tend to hide so Mm -hmm. I'm going to consciously be aware of that and go into this (laughs) endeavor not hiding and that's great open you're,
0: you're doing a wonderful job let's I mean this Thank is an audio audio auditory medium so nobody can see your crown but I'm just gonna quickly Damn describe out of its visual no sorry it's <laughs> audio only but I'm gonna describe it anyway because it's great Sure. first we have a what is this collar called when it doesn't fold over
1: I don't
0: know I don't know but that anyway
1: fashion is made up
0: It's fashion. (laughs) It's made up. But anyway, the highlight piece here is what appears to be a leather crown. Is it leather?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pleather.
0: Well, that's good. It's fake. It's good for all of the um, PETA parts of my audience out there. We're not alienating that. I try
1: to, you know, respect animals and the environment as much as possible.
0: That's good. Me too. Me too. I, in fact... I notice how much plastic was in my childhood. Whenever I go to my parents' house, my mom is a really big fan of bottled water, which my brother and I are like kind of trying to curb, but she's kind of protective about it. So it's I don't know, it's weird. But she also uses a lot of stuff. Right? Exactly. And I'm like, but it's the one thing that's killing the planet. Um, Yeah. I suppose she's not. Try
1: to refill water bottles. I'm not always great at it, but I try to do it as much as possible.
0: Good. That's a good first step. My trick is I hate to spend money on things, so I forced myself to buy a really like nice water bottle. It's a Hydro Flask, which I learned from my younger brother is there's like a stigma attached to that. (laughs) I guess like the
1: what are like, they called the Visco girls? Yes, mean, is uh, it see, yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, Visco Vosco, Vosco. We all Vosco. Um so I mean we're already recording, so we're going we're doing <laughs> we just,
1: it cold open.
0: <laughs> cold open, but that's what this is. That's what the whole show is is just like we're meeting for the first time virtually, which is so dumb. <laughs> And, I love it. And weird. It's amazing. Um
1: It's such a good it's such a good idea for a show.
0: Well, thank you. Thanks. I hope it lasts and people aren't so uncomfortable listening to two people meet for the first time and <laughs> they no, throw I their phones it, in the ocean. I,
1: I, I love podcasts where I'm like a fly on the wall and because they become like mm-hmm my friends
0: yes <laughs> because yes.
1: that's my social life especially in quarantine but even outside of quarantine <laughs> yeah. that's my social life is not, yes.
0: even when there is a live action version I'm way more into the two dimensions yeah what do you listen to oh
1: my god so many and I am also like a nerd and I listen to so many like actor or filmmaker podcasts. Same. So yeah. those aren't as interesting for me to like spout those off. But um in terms of like entertainment podcasts, I love Las Culturistas.
0: Yes. The Forever and Dog team. I
1: listened listen to um Confronting Demons with Megan Stalter.
0: Uh-huh.
1: She's a brilliant woman. And um suddenly all my podcasts are going in my i mean like and then i also listen to like the sag after podcast which that's sort of like business related but that's not like it's all just like things concerning actors that are happening in the world so i like that
0: yes that makes um, sense though so let's talk a little bit about you and me because we're meeting for the first time Obviously, yes. as we have just sort of unveiled, you are an actor, and mm-hmm. a writer, and a director. Um, one of the rules of the show is nobody's allowed to ask what the other person does. But if anyone takes one second to go to uh, Ian's Instagram page, you will learn that he <laughs> he's all of those things. And actually, the way that we met online was because you are doing something really cool right now. Can you talk about it?
1: Yeah. So, um, I really wanted to make something that was positive for the LGBTQIA community. Mm-hmm. And I'm a producer and an actor and a writer. And so I wanted to create something that was kind of geared towards social media and cultivating like a positive and uplifting social media feed for queer people um, because I feel like a lot of social media can get very toxic for queer people Yeah, for various reasons. But I really wanted to make something that was positive for the community. So um, the idea I had was to um, open submissions up for writers to send me one page scripts um, that are to be made into one-minute films mm-hmm. that are basically just about small little moments or little things that are unique to the queer community that make it so special and beautiful mm-hmm. and unique. And this is, you know, hot off the presses. This I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> Don't come at me with pitchforks if, like, I end up changing my mind. But as of now, I'm thinking of calling the project To the Power of Q.
0: <gasps> I love that. And it, oh, like, I love that a lot. It,
1: like, the little logo would be, like, a Q, and it would be, like, it w- It could go in the corner of everything like an exponent. Yeah. So, like, it could be, like, the um, title of the short film um, To the Power of Q <gasps> up in the corner, you know? Oh, so, um, speaking of really business,
0: wanna... you are speaking my language. I love <laughs> I have no formal anything any kind of training in branding or anything, but I think in a in oh, a past better, life I, I'm or obsessed with that. Uh, same same.
1: So our connection um is we both went to school at the Atlantic Acting School mm-hmm. as part of NYU Tisch. Mhm. Um and so that's how I was aware of you as mm-hmm. a person. But I think we're like two or three years apart.
0: Yeah, what year did you start? And you you just said you went to NYU.
1: I started in the fall of 2012.
0: Fall of 2012. So yeah, you would have been your first yes, year when I, I was a third right. year. Yes, I think that's right. I
1: think you were doing like the third year shows and productions and stuff when I was yes. first year.
0: yes. Definitely. If you remember, if you came to the sketch show that year and there was somebody eating a whole lemon on stage, that was my year.
1: So much of that time is, like, is such a blur to me. (laughs) because,
0: (laughs) No kidding.
1: Like, in so many ways, it was, like, the best time of my life, but in other ways, it was also, like, a major trauma.
0: Yes, well, so many people, particularly who go through that studio's training oh my god they're no they're gonna disown us after all this whatever i don't care no (laughs) like
1: we'll we'll say like we have great things to say about the school like it gave us so much but at the same time like it was very stressful and it was a lot
0: (laughs) so stressful and i sometimes i think back to the stressors of that time like how did i have the energy to stay up until three or four in the morning multiple nights in a row like memorizing and rehearsing Chekhov plays, and thinking that Chekhov was like holy scripture of some kind, but not yeah. really understanding why. <laughs> um,
1: in, in my um, whatever year, uh, is it what year do we do the the through line? Second project? year. Se- yeah, second year. What what? During that semester, I was like one of three guys in my class, oh. and so like the amount of throughline projects that I was in yeah
0: oh my was god
1: insane like you didn't ev- sleep I, I just kind of went numb in that like <laughs> before, every day like people would ask me to be in their through line and I, it would just be like yes like
0: I, I guess there's no other
1: option <laughs> like I have. 15 already, I guess, like, <laughs> what's another one? <laughs> like, well, you know, it was just like...
0: And it's not a small insane. commitment, because we should say that the throughline project is kind of like the crown jewel of maybe your entire time at this particular studio, but certainly in the second year, you're, like, assigned a play that you have to know better than the playwright. You have to be the expert on this play. And mm-hmm. you do, what, like a 20-minute cut of the play or something by the end of the...
1: Ain't no person kept that 20 no. minutes. Everybody went like 27, 28, 30.
0: Like. I swear to God we had people who did 45-minute cuts of, like, oh, yeah. the Same. normal heart, which is a great play, but it's like, just do the whole thing.
1: I did the normal heart, and let me tell you, oh, nice. mine only went 21 minutes.
0: I seriously applaud you. That is not... Did you do the milk smashing?
1: I did the of milk course, smashing. Yes. See, that was my, my last scene.
0: Perfect. Oh, no, no, no.
1: No, that wasn't the last scene I did the um the deathbed scene at the end that was the second oh. scene the um talking to the doctor over brunch mm-hmm. and into the milk throwing scene mm-hmm. and yes I threw all those groceries I bought so many groceries yep. for that scene
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and threw those groceries all over the state. and then um we did the deathbed scene so those were
0: Scenes. totally the amount of money that every second year at atlantic spends on groceries Absurd. fresh flowers and like oh my god glitter well actually it what listen i have a confession while we're meeting here the reason glitter is not allowed anywhere on the atlantic premises is because of me and a couple <laughs> of my friends <laughs> we did my my very 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 good friend mora did the Skryker as her throughline. I don't know if it's a Carol Churchill. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're all weird, but that one is maybe the weirdest one. And it involves the underworld and a creature named the Skryker and like portals between death and life. And so we had this brilliant idea and it was stunning visually (laughs) that our portal between the two worlds would be a cheap mirror from like Kmart or something. So we Uh painted, first of all, we painted the edges gold in an apartment with, like, high fumes, highly toxic fumes. We were all high out of our minds. And then we put water on the mirror and, like, large flakes of glitter on it. (gasps) So when you touched it, it looked like mercury. It was amazing. But then, of course, it got everywhere. And Clayton Early, who, I don't know if he was still there when you were, Mm -hmm. but he was, yeah, he emailed and or called all three of us to be like, you need to come back here right now. This is at the end of the day on a Friday, and you have to pick up every single piece of this glitter because it's everywhere. So now I know a lot of great ways to get glitter off of a hardwood floor.
1: <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Bring knee pads This would be my my advice to you. Oh,
1: my God.
0: Um, Yeah. So The Normal Heart, did you see it on Broadway while you were... There,
1: I saw it. Um, there was one time I was taking like a cross country road trip with my father, mm-hmm. and I saw um, the production in Washington, D.C., and I, th- I oh. believe it was right after it moved mm-hmm. from Broadway, and so it was most of the Broadway cast, awesome, and it was just stunning, like stunning. amazing like the show ended and everyone in the audience just was sitting in silence for minutes afterward. Just like the only sounds were just like people quietly sobbing (laughs) and trying to like keep it as contained as possible. Right. And then everybody just like got up and quietly left and everyone was just kind of like holding each other and shaking. Yeah. And I never had like a theatrical experience like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever experienced. And, Especially for, like, me as a queer person, like, it was, like, it was pretty life-changing.
0: Totally. And the names... I don't know if they did it in the DC production, but in New York, they projected all of the names of...
1: Yes. Oh. It, yeah, it was all there.
0: Yeah, that was... That, you're right, it's a life-changing moment. Not only because of the story itself, but, like, the power of that medium is you don't get it anywhere else a live theater performance is really something else
1: and i i i got to meet larry kramer briefly before he died um my senior year of school Mm -hmm. um because my husband worked at um aids walk new york at the time and they were doing like a fundraiser and he was there Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, you've profoundly changed my life. Hello, and you're just sitting there. <laughs>
0: Great to meet you. I have to go away now before I explode yeah. into a million pieces. Um, yeah. Speaking of your husband, I mm-hmm. messaged you earlier today because, yes, I did do a little bit of social media cruising through your Instagram. Obviously, it's <laughs> the whole premise of the show. Um, your wedding, well, you had a wedding, but then you had a party mm-hmm. like later on. A big reception. Yeah, it was
1: like it was like six months later. It was quite a bit later.
0: Your wedding looks like a Vogue editorial and the joy (laughs) on everyone's faces. Oh my gosh, it's just so beautiful. What is your I guess I can ask this because he's not on the show with us. What does your husband do for a living?
1: So, um, he works for medical schools, and uh-huh. he trains actors to be fake patients for medical students.
0: What? Um, what a cool job. And then
1: he, like, teaches uh, medical students, like, communication and interpersonal skills. So it's a very That's cool a and job. weird niche job.
0: Yeah, but a cool one. Yeah. But it also confirms my my private theory, which is that he must also be a creative person, because that yes, wedding... Much so. Let me. I mean, I'll just spoil it for everyone who's about to go cruise through your Instagram too. You had crowns and bracelets and like all these jewelry pieces that they look like they're metal, like bent metal.
1: Yeah, they're yeah. metal. Um, yeah. So. Um, oh my gosh. They're designed by um, Alex Ozers, who's a friend of ours. He's a jewelry maker. Hmm. Um, made our rings so uh-huh. you can see it here I know podcasting is famously a visual medium <laughs> but <laughs> pretty much like all the jewelry I ever wear is from him and so he custom made these crowns for us because we really wanted um our wedding to be kind of like on our own terms and playing by our own rules yeah. because we're not beholden to any of like the crazy traditions that are like typical Heteronormative weddings. Yeah. Like, until you get married, you never realize yes. <laughs> how many like rules and expectations there are, and they're people. all it's insane.
0: dumb. Sorry, they're
1: all insane. <laughs> they are. They're insane, and and so like people would be like, "Oh, are you gonna do this? Are you gonna have a flower girl? Are you gonna have a ring bearer? Are you gonna do it like this?" Are you gonna... And we're like, "No, we're not doing any of that stuff." So. <laughs> What we did do is we only had our families, and we went to Newport Beach in California, and we got married on the sort of overlooking the yeah. beach. And um, there wasn't really any sort of like planning beforehand. We just went down there and did it.
0: Sorry, my dog is protecting me from something. I'm excited. Really excited. That's unusual. Here comes my wife to save the day. Um, Perfect. Thanks, Rugby. (laughs) Thank you so much.
1: That's the the quick um, dog ad break. (laughs)
0: Yeah, this this podcast is brought to you by someone on the sidewalk pissing off my dog. (laughs) Um, Well, Um, I love that, particularly because... I actually don't, for all the cruising I did, I do not know when you got married, but I got married last May, so I think probably pretty close I to I got year. married in
1: June, <gasps> so very
0: close. Very close, and yeah. if we could, if we had the money to redo our wedding, there are a lot of things I would do basically following your lead of, like, no, we're not going to do any of that stuff. Like, well, the one thing we, we bucked immediately was... Um, Instead of a cake, we rented an ice cream truck, which... Good.
1: I, I support that 100%. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank
0: you. Yeah, but, like, a lot of the other we stuff... We did not have a
1: wedding cake. Well, we for, like, our wedding, wedding like, the actual signing of the documents and yeah, stuff, yeah. like, we had a little cake there for just our families, but, uh-huh. like, our big party that we had later, uh, there was no wedding cake.
0: Yeah. It's... What was surprising to me, because I think of myself as kind of a strong-willed person, but mm-hmm. no, under the heat of my... Mom, particularly, but just like everybody's wedding expectations, I completely melted into this puddle of like, okay, I guess we should do that and we should do this. It's and insane. We, it's insane. It's
1: crazy and so expensive too. So
0: expensive, like good for anybody who can get in on the wedding <laughs> industrial complex, but
1: yeah.
0: Oh, the amount of so, rent you could pay. I just know the it's wedding in, expenses.
1: It's truly really insane. My, um, so like our wedding. Itself, we paid almost no money for it. The most expensive thing Perfect. we did was like getting a little cake for our families, mm-hmm. and then um, our outfits, which we picked out and did ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, we really wanted to look like um, fairy,
0: you nailed kings it, or something. You nailed it. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: so awesome. that's what was happening there, and then paying for a photographer to follow us around while we did them wedding right just did that so like we didn't even have like an a separate photo shoot like we were just like doing the wedding and then she was just taking photos of us Um, I'll say it again
0: you nailed it
1: (laughs) so I I would not my my wedding wedding I would not do anything differently about that Mm -hmm. that's like I would recommend that way to do a wedding to anybody
0: I'm recommending it I didn't do it I
1: recommend it keeping it separate from the party situation because I think the party situation is what gives a lot of extra pressure and yeah. familial obligations and
0: totally can relate so there you go that's our this is a show about wedding advice and two <laughs> queers <laughs> one, who, one who did a straight wedding to a woman who is a woman and one who did it correctly as a queer wedding
1: if you're, if, if you're going to have a queer w- wedding <laughs> do a queer wedding do a and,
0: queer wedding and, uh,
1: just follow your own rules that's that's the rule follow your own rules
0: well I think part of it too is like I came into my queerness later than I now wish that I would have I think I was in oh my god it's so cliche I think it was the middle of college that I was like aha there is a word for what I'm feeling I'm from the midwest Mm -hmm. so like I went to a Catholic school, and so gay was something that people are, and we love and accept them, but, like, I'm not gay. But then, of course, that didn't end up being true. (laughs) Um, So I think there's still a lot of holdover. There was, on my end, of, like, my parents had an idea of what my wedding would look like, and I didn't want to disappoint them, instead Mm -hmm. of, like, man, if I had just come out when I was seven or something, maybe that would have not been the case, but...
1: Wouldn't that be the dream?
0: The dream. <laughs> the dream.
1: But- I I didn't come out until I was like I think I was sixteen or seventeen at the mm-hmm. time. But I pretty much since I was like three years old, I knew I was a queer person. Wow. But I didn't I like I had a weird complex about it because I thought it, it was something that everybody experienced and then at some point it Ooh. changes
0: uh-huh.
1: and I guess it was because like movies and tv shows and stuff they like there would be kids and then there would be adults in the show that'd be like oh is that your girlfriend or whatever and then like the, the little child boy would be like no, I don't like girls yet, or something. Uh So I heard, like, I don't like girls yet. Okay, so that's, like, a thing that changes later on in life. Yeah. And so, like, I just, like, went on about my life being, like, okay, well, that'll change eventually.
0: (laughs) I'm going to just let that work itself out whenever that's supposed to happen. Oh, cool.
1: And then I got to, like, middle school age and high school age, and I was like, hmm, fuck.
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> but then you, like, had your amazing, well, I'm sure you, I'm sure you met your husband before your wedding, but then you had this yes. gorgeous, like, whatever, it's just...
1: We've actually been together almost nine years now.
0: Nine human years? Uh,
1: in, yeah, and, um, at the end of this year, it'll be nine
0: years. Oh my gosh, wait, nine years was 2011?
1: hmm
0: Is that possible? Wait, yeah. you met before you went to school? Or while you were in right school? Right
1: before I went to school.
0: Oh my gosh, where'd you mean? Where are you from? <laughs> a, I have a lot <laughs> of questions. <laughs> um,
1: so, uh, I'm from Phoenix, Arizona.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And I grew up kind of in the middle of the city, somewhat near the arts district. So, that mm-hmm. was good for me, even though nobody in my family is artistic, really. And so, <laughs> I was kind of the black sheep of the family. uh uh-huh. Um... Both my parents are high school teachers, and mm-hmm. they take care of sports injuries for a living, so they live in sports world.
0: Whoa, where is that? What is it like there? <laughs> I wonder.
1: It's hot as hell. Yeah. In <laughs> Arizona, oh. and um, you know, a lot of sports talk in the household, and huh. so I was always kind of like, I was the child that was like no, I'm going to go do this artistic thing. And then my parents would be like, okay, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. So, like, I always had a supportive household in that regard, but mm-hmm. they didn't really, like, it was kind of like I was just off doing my own thing, and they were just like, go you. Like, they didn't really, <laughs> like, have any hands on the yeah. situation. So in some ways that was good, and in some ways that was bad, because... Like the good way, the good things that I benefited from was like, everything came of my own ambition and my own accord. Like I am very, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to accomplish it and nobody's going to get in my way and I'm just going to do this. And then, and in the same, because of that, I made a lot of mistakes just, Mm -hmm of my own and I didn't really have anybody guiding me in any which way growing Mm up um artistically I mean and so it it was it was always that was always kind of the dynamic was I was gonna do this Uh nobody's gonna get in my way (laughs) and you know what I'm just gonna keep trying until I accomplish it so that was really how I was with the arts and a little bit, that's how I was in meeting my husband. <laughs> because um, in 2011, I was in the musical Spring Awakening.
0: A classic meet-cute between mm-hmm. queers everywhere.
1: <laughs> so I was in Spring Awakening, and um, he came to the show, and then he met me at the stage door afterward. Mm-hmm and it was it was very much like oh hi nice to meet you he was like i really liked you in the show blah 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 we Mm -hmm. like we chad we get to know each other fine 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 Mm -hmm. and then after that we went to i well i would i was i was a little weird i would go to like (laughs) um plays and musicals around town but i would just go alone because i would just like last minute be like oh i'm gonna go to this play because they have like rush tickets or whatever that mm-hmm. they just posted online and um friends or whatever would either sometimes be like yeah I'll come with you or they'd be like no you're telling me five minutes before you're going I can't right. go with you so I would, <laughs> so I would just like go to plays and stuff around town and um several times he was there as well and so then I would see him there, and would be like oh nice to see you again and then we just start sitting with each other and mm-hmm. so that's kind of how that blossomed and so then <laughs> we were we started going on dates and I was like okay I'm literally about to move to New York like yeah <laughs> and at the end of this summer like so this is just going to be a summer fling whoops but <laughs> yeah so we <laughs> we uh broke up in quotes, um, (laughs) when I moved to New York, but we were still talking every day. So eventually we were just like, well, you know, we're going to, we will be happier if we just consider ourselves together, even though it's long distance, like we didn't want to do long distance, but we're still talking every day. So, you know, we might as well just consider ourselves together and we'll just take it step by step from there. And Mm -hmm. here we are. And here (laughs) you
0: are. Two fairy kings at your wedding. I'm sorry to keep putting so much emphasis on the wedding. It's just, I've never met you before. And no, so I loved that's... the wedding. It was
1: wonderful. <laughs> it was the best day of my life.
0: Yeah, as well it should be. If you're going to do a queer yeah. wedding, do a queer wedding. And you did.
1: Yeah, it was a God, queer wedding.
0: Where were you in my life two years ago? Jeez. <laughs> uh, I'd be like, all right, this is how you do a wedding. Listen. I didn't know
1: what I was doing. Like, at the time, I was like, I'm just going to make decisions as I go.
0: But that's the thing. Nobody knows what they're doing. No one no. should know what they're doing. You just have to go their And that's why I pet. think
1: so many, like, heteronormative weddings happen and they follow all these rules and perpetuate all of this stuff is because pe- nobody knows what they're doing. So they're like, well, I guess I'm just going to do what I've seen a million times and yeah. what everyone's telling me to do.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't have to think about any of the actual things I'm saying or doing or yeah. the meaning of them.
1: They're like, I'm just going to pick out a cake. I'm going to pick out some right. flowers. I'm going to pick out colors. And then it's going to be, like, pretty much there
0: we go. cut Get and it. dry
1: like the rest of it. I'm
0: going to cry at Are- the right times, and mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Be performatively emotional. <laughs> oh,
0: man, oh, man. We could do a whole three hours about performative everything. Emotions, allyship, all of it. It just... Ugh. Oh, my
1: God. I, to- I told my husband, I was like, uh, if... We- this like years ago i was like if we get engaged no flash mob engagements can you because i don't (gasps) want to perform my reaction to that shit and i don't want everybody watching me no
0: no no i i don't think i ever expressed that to my wife but i think i give off a pretty hard vibe of Do not ever surprise me (laughs) with a flash mob for for any reason.
1: I mean, like, we're both in the arts and we're, like, both creative. So I guess I was like, I guess that's in the realm of possibilities. And I wasn't saying, like, when you propose to me. Like, it wasn't like that. But it it was just kind of, like, generally expressing, like, (laughs) I hate flash mob proposals. Like, that is, like, the worst thing ever. Like, I would never want to propose like, perform my reaction to that, you know?
0: Oh my god, it's it's just like, I mean, she proposed to me, we both proposed to each other but she proposed to me first at, like, Central Park, so it was very picturesque, <sighs> it was very sweet it was kind of funny because she said it wasn't, we had done, like, a staycation near the park and she in the morning was acting really weird and was really insistent that we have breakfast in the park and i was like i don't think there's a breakfast place in central park i mean <laughs> call really me crazy. right like, yeah no, we need to like <laughs> and she's like and then i hear rain on the window and i'm like oh it's raining we'll just go somewhere else and she goes no 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 no. it's like a it's like a it's like a warm rain it's nice it was not it was january <laughs> it was freezing cold Um, But then, of course, I I realized why she was so insistent on this, and it's a good story. But, like, the ring pretty much, like, rattled on my finger because my hands were so cold that whole morning. (laughs) It was like putting a ring on a skeleton. Oh, my gosh. Uh, That's
1: so cute, though. That's very sweet.
0: It's very sweet. And then when I proposed to her a couple of weeks later... I planned to have her did ring... it
1: separate? That's so cute. I
0: wanted to have her ring ready to go, because it's her grandmother's old ring, and I had to get, like, a new center stone for it. Mm-hmm. But the jeweler got the flu, and so it was a week <gasps> late. Um, and so I had to rethink but how I kinda it I kind
1: of love that it was separate like that. That's yeah. That's so cool, because that's, you know... That's that's a queer wedding. That is (laughs) is playing by your own rules. That's
0: right. And even better, I accidentally opened the ring box upside down. So I opened it, and she was like, where's the ring? (laughs) Of course. It just
1: was, like, empty on the bottom.
0: And, of course, I immediately self-immolated and was like, are you... Because I had been clutching it in my, like, dirty coat pocket on the G-train...
1: I was like, You're like, this cannot fall out of the <laughs> under any circumstance.
0: Nobody look at me. Um, and so she's like, where's the ring? Yeah, I died. Um, came back to life, thankfully, within a couple of seconds. <laughs> and then just Figured
1: like what was going flipped
0: on. it over and was reborn. And that is why I am the second coming of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly.
0: Died and resurrected in the span of three seconds. Yeah,
1: that that mirrors so, uh, so much of my proposal situation, because I like I also like he, he was trying to propose to me and I was like, why are we doing this? Like, <laughs> what is going on? I was like, so pissed off. We, 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 were, we were at um, this little um, artist colony thing uh-huh. in the middle of the desert in Arizona called Arcosanti. We went uh-huh. there with our friends. And it's, like, beautiful architecture. It's, like, what the architecture in Star Wars is based off of. What? And cool. it's super cool in the middle of the desert. So we were just hanging out with our friends. And they were like, let's go on a hike. And I was like, okay, sure, like, we'll go on a hike. <laughs> oh, and then no. they were like, all right, this is where we're going. And then we went on this trail. And then the trail ended. And they were like, no, we have to keep going. And I was like, there's no trail. Like, why do we have to keep going? So they were like like, jumping over bushes and stuff and, like, pushing through all sorts of nature. And I was like, why are we doing this? Like, this is (laughs) awful. Like, why are we traipsing through these bushes? And finally we get to, like, this cliff. Mm -hmm. And um, he was like, come out to the edge of this cliff with me. And I was like, all right, he's either going to push me off this cliff (laughs) (laughs) or, or... Maybe I'm getting proposed to, or that's, that wasn't really my thought. I was like, we were kind of like overlooking this, um, I don't know, this vast expanse that was kind of overlooking this, this community. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I really wish we had rings right now. This would be like a perfect place to get engaged. And then he whipped out this little piece of wood that had like two rings tied to two? it. Oh, and then he couldn't even talk because he was crying, so he just like showed at me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we let the flash mob do the talking. <laughs> yeah,
1: there was a little, there was a tiny, there was one percent of flash mob because he pointed across to the community, and my family was over on the other side, like holding up signs.
0: Oh well, that's.
1: This it, said, like congratulations.
0: That's nice. <laughs> That's nice. They
1: couldn't see my face. So exactly, was no just what I was of gonna the say. Emotions, so right, that was
0: so good. you could have been stunned into like statue pose, yeah. and they would have been like, "He's probably crying." Yeah, it was
1: very private. Even though our friends were there, they were like way far behind us. They were just taking photos, so they couldn't re- they they couldn't hear us. They couldn't see us. It was oh, like yeah. very private. So
0: yeah, that's ideal. Yeah, I don't understand people who want the big proposal. Or, or oh, like, my
1: gosh. And then the videos on YouTube and stuff of, like, <laughs> the big proposal and then people saying no.
0: No! Oh, oh
1: my God.
0: I mean, talk what about... What's wrong with y'all? Why did
1: y'all do all that if you didn't know they were going to say
0: yes? <laughs> yeah, what? How could you not have confirmed that to some no. reasonable degree? Unless it's like... No, no, no. No,
1: that's, that's nonsense.
0: That's no, <laughs> shouldn't be doing that. I'm trying to <laughs> extend some compassion here, but I just... I don't understand the question, and I won't answer it, you know? No. A la Lucille Bluth. Right. Um, well, this has been very fun to meet you. Do you have any questions for me before I ask my, hmm. f- my final question, which is a fun one?
1: So, you are a writer. It's true. Um, what made you fall in love with writing?
0: Um, that's a really good question. I have always been journaling to some extent. Like, it's pretty funny. My wife found one of my, like, earliest journals. And when I say early, I mean, like, I'm nine years old, maybe. Oh, my God. Like, I might have just learned cursive and I'm practicing it in my journal. (laughs) And so my dad is a meteorologist. So I'm very attuned to, like, like, knowing what the weather is going to be, like, every single day. So, my journal entries are basically, she teases me all the time. Dear Diary, today was pretty much a perfect day. I'm not kidding. Every entry starts that way. Every day <laughs> when I was nine was pretty much a perfect day. Um, it was 75 degrees Fahrenheit, and my brother and I, like, I don't know, played out, played cops and robbers with our neighbor. Pretty much a perfect day. So, I like the act of writing, is what I'm trying to say. Even if I have mm-hmm. nothing to say, it was always fun to, like... I don't know, there's something... I like the creative part of it, and I think as I got older, I realized that the journaling part of it was like, oh, there's sort of a record of myself, which sounds more narcissistic than I mean it to be, oh, but... I get it. Yeah, even now, like, I have boxes and boxes of old journals, and sometimes for no reason at all. It's usually when I'm moving, if I'm being honest, yeah. because they don't see the light of day otherwise. Um I'll crack one open and I'll be like, "Oh my god, my 18-year-old self was a nut job." Or like, "Wow, she was really going through something." That's interesting to me. But I think I got into writing for performance because now I'm mostly a screenwriter, um and a playwright, but I don't I don't deal in prose, I tried that, I'm not very good at it, mm-hmm. it's not interesting. Me neither. Script prose. So much exposition, <laughs> just say it, whatever you're gonna, just say it in dialogue, monologue, I don't care. <laughs> but talk like a person, ugh god, anyway, um, it was actually at Atlantic in the sketch comedy class of third year, mm-hmm. I don't know what the thing was, you had to write like, what, four sketches or something to pass the class. I don't
1: was, you, you had to you had to just churn them out.
0: Yeah. You know? I don't know what Holy Spirit seized me that semester, but I could not stop writing them. I just loved the feedback of like making people laugh with an idea that just came into my head was really intoxicating to me and again
1: i think that was my first time writing for performance too really
0: yeah and it's so fun and what a great idea for a class because no one's trying to like out dramatize each other you're trying to make each other yeah. laugh which is contagious um and so i i think that's when it really started as a uh habit with a goal instead of just like this weird thing that i was doing and then i went through a terrible breakup which is such a stupid phrase. Let's just... You and me agree right now that all breakups are terrible, no matter who you are. And we don't to keep seeing terrible breakups. There's just a breakup. Yeah. So, great. Good. I'm glad we solved that. I'll, I'll <laughs> tell the United Nations.
1: Cross that off the
0: list <laughs>
1: and let's keep moving.
0: <laughs> um, so I'd gone through this breakup and, again, I don't know what seized me, but I started writing these little fables... Basically for myself, I had no intention of sharing them with anyone. That was like, here's how you take care of yourself. And so that's when I started writing as a way to communicate something. Not just get a reaction, but like tell mm. something that I felt was important. Eventually I did share them with people and um, I continued to write them. I think they're really fun. So it was a gradual journey is what I'm trying to say. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Well, it's thanks. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, my final question is Instagram-related, of course, because that's where we met the first time digitally. If I popped into your Discover slash Explore feed on your Instagram account, what would I see? Let me into your world.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, pr- probably a bunch of... Um, drag queen and queer related content mm-hmm. um probably like makeup tutorials which is not even like a thing I partake in mm-hmm. but at, and Instagram's algorithms seem to target me for those constantly
0: that's like me which and you know
1: it's great I accept those openly but that's
0: <laughs> I don't know
1: where. I mean whatever so there would probably be that um probably be a lot of political stuff Uh with, um, various news clippings and Mm -hmm. various Black Lives Matter, um, information. And I don't know, a lot of queer stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Basically the Instagram algorithm is like, Oh, you're a queer person. Let's put anything that's, like, vaguely queer or vaguely uh,
0: fashion-based
1: or vaguely makeup-based or, I don't know.
0: I, when the new season of The L Word came out, which was garbage, let's just say it.
1: (laughs) I'm sure you were inundated.
0: Oh, my God. I mean, listen, I love The L Word as much as the next lesbian, but I... (laughs) I I didn't even watch the show after, like, the the first three episodes, because I was like, I can't stand any of these actors, the writing is terrible, and Dana is dead. Spoiler, so why am I watching this? And there's no Carmen, which, what's the point of the L word if there's no Carmen? I don't know if this is falling on deaf ears, but anyway... Yeah, I feel like I watched the whole show via Instagram algorithm because it was like, last night on the L word. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's all dumb. You're like,
1: enough. I don't care about (laughs) that. I don't care.
0: Oh, my God. Give me more pictures of beautifully designed cottages in Scotland. Is that so much to ask?
1: Yes. Okay, so, like, if I were to curate, like, an Instagram discover thing mm-hmm. like i probably would have a lot of interesting modern architecture
0: mm-hmm.
1: i would have positive um representations of the queer community because mm-hmm. we miss that a lot on social media which mm-hmm. is why i'm doing my project
0: to the power of um, q i can't tell you how much i love that i really hope that you do that
1: i i'm doing it I okay am helping. yes like if if anybody knows anything about me i'm i'm a keep. Hustling and failing until <laughs> until I get it done. Um, I would. I mean, the the current Instagram Discover page definitely has a lot of shirtless men on it,
0: <laughs> and
1: I I probably would not get rid of that. Yeah. But I probably should. Why? Um,
0: <laughs> Who cares? <laughs>
1: And let's see what else, if I had it in my control, what I would add. Um, I would make sure there's more diversity, not only racially, but just um, with, like, people, different people's perspectives
0: mm-hmm. yeah. and body types. Yeah.
1: Um, because I think that's good for all of us to see and have normalized in our vision
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I really do think that Instagram can be a positive thing for the world. I know like totally. for so many people, they have like a toxic relationship with it and it gives them all sorts of, I don't know, psychosis
0: yeah, <laughs> about the yes. world.
1: But um, I think I think we can handle our own Instagram relationships in a positive way that that can, you know, elicit great relationships with new people and Mm -hmm. old people in our lives alike Mm -hmm. and can inspire us for how we want to live life and see life and how we get our news and Mm -hmm. know about people in other countries that we don't necessarily have directly in our field of vision
0: Yeah, Yeah, I think social media, along with, like, diet fads, is the most American invention, because... Oh my god, yeah. There are these people, there's, like, the Mark Zuckerbergs, and I guess Jeff Bezos is not on social media, like, a social media mogul, but, you know, like, all these, Jack Dorsey, all these social media inventors who really hold all the power over this particular forum... But in the end, it's a tool that the people who actually use it could use as a force for good or a force for connection. Like, nobody sure. is nobody's fooled when someone like Mark Zuckerberg says that Facebook is about connecting and making the world smaller. It's not. It's about making you richer. You might have started it to, like, know which girls were single at Harvard, but, like... <laughs>
1: i mean it really started with who's hot and who's not <laughs> who's it started
0: well this is a family show i didn't want to say that um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but i i love social media i can like i can be moved to tears about the power of social media it's not my favorite trait about myself but listen i am who i am um I think it's really cool, but I think that we have to, as users of these particular tools, remember that there are people, for the most part, on the other side of the screen is yes. cliche, but like, peop- like you're saying, people control their own accounts and the way that those accounts interact with other accounts, but also with the real world. It's very multi-dimensional, which I think is very cool, um, as long as it's dealt with in a healthy way and you don't create all those psychoses for yourself yeah um
1: yeah for sure and I, I think like for i mean for one for example the black lives matter movement wouldn't yeah. have happened in the way that it happened without mm-hmm. social media
0: mm-hmm.
1: and information was able to spread so rapidly
0: yeah um yeah.
1: and you know call people to action so quickly mm-hmm. and so i i think that's really beautiful about it and you know, you can create things that can just instantly inspire somebody for them watching, like, a couple-minute video. Or-
0: totally, totally. And when people say that it has democratized creativity, there are some who would scoff at that and say, like, no, it hasn't. There are still gatekeepers. But I also think that, like, creativity has all of any kind has always thrived on exactly the kind of spirit that you have of like I'm just going to keep doing it and failing until I'm not failing anymore. And so
1: Oh, and I failed. <laughs> I failed.
0: But I same can't get back up again. <laughs> I think that's the important part. That is the important part. And now there are more tools than ever before to like you can really fail. Like you can really mm-hmm. fall flat on your face in one medium, but that doesn't mean that you're not gonna be great in a different medium. Or you can be great at them all, but, like, prefer one over the other. Whatever. For sure. For sure. Alright, listen. It's time for us to say goodbye, but I am so glad that we have met. Where are you in the world? L.A.? Right?
1: I'm in Los Angeles, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, I'm in Madison, Wisconsin, and if your life ever brings you here for any reason, hit me up. We'll hang out. I for sure will. Because we've met now.
1: I, I love your Instagram presence in my life. I love
0: reading <laughs> all of your
1: square Instagram scripts. I'm so glad. inspire me and, um, yeah, it, I mean, they show me a little glimpse into your everyday life and inspire me for what could what's possible with just a quick moment.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I sometimes I'm worried that people will think I'm the only person I know because so many of those dialogues are between you and you. And it's I do talk to myself a lot, but uh, I do know other people, you included. (laughs) Now,
1: I think it's a creative and good use of the medium. Well, thank you. You don't have time to, like, have a big epic with, you know, I don't some other character. No,
0: I don't. I don't. And neither does anyone, frankly, for being honest. All right, well, you have a great night. And Thank we'll you talk so again much. soon. So
1: lovely meeting you. It and was speaking such a
0: pleasure to meet you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you again to Ian for being the guinea pig of this show and agreeing to talk to a total stranger in a recorded conversation for all the world to hear. And I do plan for this show to be worldwide and totally conquering the airwaves, the selective voluntary airwaves of podcasting overnight. And I don't think my expectations are too high. I hope that all of us can embody what Ian is talking about in that don't quit, don't give up, whatever it is you're doing, keep going. You're gonna fail a bunch of times, but keep going anyway. Um, It was a total pleasure to have you on the show, Ian. I really do hope that the next time you come through the Midwest, for some ungodly reason, you stop in Madison and say hello. And I hope that the next time I come out to L.A., read the first time I ever go to L.A., I will see you there. If you would like to be a guest on We've Never Met... I would love for you to be a guest on We've Never Met. You can send me a message on Instagram. You can send me an email at charlottetmartin at gmail.com. That's Charlotte like the princess, T like toenail, and Martin like Martin Short at gmail.com. Uh, the only rule, of course, is that we can never have met in real life. And beyond that, I want to get to know you. This entire show is completely done by just me, Charlotte. I'm standing in my closet while I record this. I'm probably gonna have a glass of wine and edit it together later tonight. Uh, But if you would like the sound quality to be better or if you just wanna say that you like what I'm making, uh, you can support this show on patreon.com. Patreon is a place where you can pledge a monthly whatever amount of money. I have a few tiers set up there. And that means that I can hire people who are actually good at sound engineering to make this show awesome. So you can find that link at the link in my bio on Instagram. I'm at charlottethewriter. But of course, it's pandemic times. So if you don't have a bunch of extra cash lying around to help out independent podcasts, I completely get it. It also helps me if you rate, review, and subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts or Overcast, wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm not totally sure why that helps, but I know that it does. I'll do some research and uh, report back later. Thank you again for listening to We've Never Met. I'm Charlotte T. Martin, better known as Charlotte the Writer on Instagram. And until we speak again, don't be a stranger.